the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 folks. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of Texas on KLUP, 930 AM, The Answer. All right, folks, big, big, big announcement uh, that you just heard probably on the news, and uh, it's going to be kind of hard to ignore here in San Antonio. Um, the, uh, the announcement, of course, that uh, former mayor Ju- uh, Julian Castro has announced for uh, he's going he's to run from, for uh, the president of the United States uh, in 2018. We uh, will have some commentary about that. Yours truly, El Conservador, under disguise, I, I was wearing a... Uh, uh, a mask uh, attended the event a little while ago, the the big announcement, and I mean it was it was a who's who of, of San Antonio and South Texas liberals. Let me tell you, a who's who: MoveOn.org, uh, the Green Party, uh, the uh, Brown Berets. I mean it was it was a who's who. It was a who's who. Big 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 event, and of course um, you know covered um, immensely by uh, by uh, a lot of the uh, liberal press, like the MSNBC folks and CNN folks. I had uh, a couple of few, uh, uh, words with them, uh, pleasantries, should I say, pleasantries with them. Um, very, very interesting uh, e- event, and we'll chat a little bit about it. Um, we also have uh, two very, very good uh, interviews that I uh, did over the week, this past week. Uh, one of them with uh, a good friend of mine, he's this gentleman that I met uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Mr. Dan Goldatch from uh, the Houston area, from Harris County. And Dan is, um, Dan tragically lost his son. His son was murdered by an illegal alien that went on a rampage in Harris County. And uh, I wanted to chat with him because, I mean, I, I find it very, very unusual and interesting that um, the... Uh, that the folks on the left, that the Democrats and the liberals uh, continue to talk about uh, the issue of families, uh, families being separated and uh, children dying uh, who are entering the United States illegally. But they, you know, they ignore that people are already dying here and they're dying at the hands of uh, illegal alien criminals. Uh, That, that, that point just seems to be lost on them politically, completely and totally. So, uh, uh, we've got the uh, the uh, interview with with Dan, and uh, I hope that uh, that that you will uh, enjoy it and find it interesting. Because I mean, the man the man really speaks for a lot of folks who've lost uh, that have lost loved ones uh, to uh, illegal alien crime. The other interview that we've got, and this is um, uh, an, uh, another very very good friend of mine, Mr. Chip Roy, who just got elected to. Uh, to the Congress, uh, he is the uh, he is the uh, congressional representative for District Twenty One uh, here in San Antonio, here in here in Texas. And uh, Chip, uh, I asked Chip, I reached out to him and asked him if uh, he would please come on the show and talk to us about the issue of border security funding because he's right in the middle of it. What he is seeing, what he is hearing, as well as the whole issue of the government shutdown, because uh, one of the interesting things with the government shutdown now is that we're beginning to see uh, advertisements on news uh, regarding the, um, the uh, uh, employees, the federal employees who are saying that uh, people are going to die if uh, they don't go back to work, that people, uh, that food safety, that uh, the transportation, uh, indus- that the transportation uh, department, that, uh, you know, ver- various... Uh, agencies are going to jeopardize the safety of uh, Americans if they don't go back to work. Well, you know, again, my friends, 
the big picture. Let's look at the big picture. The big picture is that we need border security. And the reason that we need border security is because we are allowing anyone and everyone in, and we don't know who they are. And some of them are uh, bad people. Some of them are criminals. Uh, We had the uh, police officer that was killed in California recently. We've had um, uh, a couple of, uh, of, uh, there was this one young man here in San Antonio last year uh, who was literally murdered and then burned. His body was burned by an illegal alien uh, in his apartment. And, uh, you know, again, when I hear somebody, when I hear a union member, when I hear a union member telling me that uh, they are a federal union member telling, telling me that I, my life is in danger, I've got news for you. My life is already in danger. My life is already in danger. My niece, uh, one of my nieces here in San Antonio, she got rear-ended uh, on the freeway by, by an illegal alien, didn't have insurance, didn't have a uh, driver's license, didn't have, uh, hadn't had the car inspected. You know, what did the guy do? He just rams her, takes off, leaves the car. Nobody knows what, you know, when she ran the plates, the plates didn't even belong to that uh, car. Uh, So my my niece is not only stuck with having to fix her car, she's stuck with a higher insurance bill. Now, you know, again, what about those problems? You know, I'm I'm sorry, I've got to, I I feel bad for for people who uh, are not going to get a paycheck or who are not getting a paycheck and who are beginning to panic over that fact. But the reality is, the reality is that in my, that this is a just cause. This is the security of the United States. This is the security of, of communities and of, of citizens that we're talking about. So uh, we're going to be chatting with, uh, with Chip Roy about that. The final thing that we're going to talk about, and I'm going to give you a very in-depth report on this, is the whole issue, the, the whole uh, announcement by Joaquin Castro, or Julian Castro, I get them confused. I'm sorry. Uh, but then again, I, I, I get them confused because I don't know how many of you remember the uh, the river parade uh, about six years ago where uh, one of them replaced the other one on, on the float. Julian was supposed to be on the float and Joaquin showed up and rode in front of him and nobody said, uh, nobody said boo. Nobody knew that uh, they had switched places. Uh, you know, it, it was a cute deception, but it was, but, but it, it still was a, a little deceptive. At any rate, um, uh, I've got uh, I've got some some observations about this situation with the um, uh, with his announcement and uh, what has what uh, he is proposing, what he is saying, and uh, how he is saying it. I think it's very very interesting, and I think that uh, that it will be very very telling. It will be a very telling moment for the uh, Hispanic Democrat community in Texas as to who they're going to follow, Beto O'Rourke, uh, who is Kennedy-esque, or uh, whether they're going to follow Julian Castro, who is Henry-esque, Henry Cisneros-esque. I don't know if that's a word, but that's one with it. Real quick, let me remind everyone that I'm going to be speaking on Monday, uh, this coming Monday, uh, July the um, uh Gosh, I'm, I'm going to draw in a blank. Uh, what what the date is? Uh, July thirteenth. July thirteenth. Thank you. <laughs> I've got my producer here helping me. Um, July thirteenth, Monday. July thirteenth. I'll be speaking in um, uh, in in New Braunfels, uh, actually in Comal County, and um, I'll be speaking to the Bull Verde uh, Republican Women's uh, Association or organization. And uh, if you've got a chance, come on out. It'll be at the JVTC uh, uh, Auditorium. And uh, if uh, if you can, come on out and join us. And uh, I, I think we'll have some fun. All right. So let me let me do some quick uh, illegal or, or some quick immigration news. Give you some updates on what's been happening because. Uh, you know, this past week has been consumed, has been consumed as uh, as we as, as most of, you know, President Trump even was down here uh, on Thursday, was down here in uh, McAllen, um, again, emphasizing how important the wall is. But of all people, guess who emphasized it in a roundabout way and didn't even know it? Mr. Jim Acosta from CNN. Jim Acosta, who everybody knows is a, is a liberal posing as a jur- journalist. <laughs> he is one of uh, he is one of President Trump's worst critics. And uh, he tried he tried to undermine the, the need for a border wall, uh, but it kind of backfired. Uh, 
unintentionally, he proved that the wall works. Uh, Acosta was uh, was touring a section of the U.S.-Mexico border that has a wall down in McAllen. Uh, he stood at the wall and reported, and he said, quote, here are some steel slats uh, that the president has been talking about. But as we're walking along here, we're not seeing any kind of imminent danger. That was his words. That was his words, that we are not seeing any kind of imminent danger. Well, duh. In other words, the border wall works. <laughs> there's no danger or illegal immigration in that sector or in that section because there's a wall. Okay, let's call it a barrier. Let's call it a fence. Let's call it whatever. But that's the reality, Mr. Acosta. The liberal media continues to expose themselves as nothing but more than agents and allies of the Democrats and their leftist agenda. They seek to promote their ideas and their values through deceit and confusion, such as pushing a narrative that the wall is racist and that it's unnecessary. The truth always comes out, my friends. The truth, truth always comes out no matter what. And, you know, no matter how hard anyone tries to hide it, lies by, a polit- by politicians or the media or anyone are just a temporary delay to the inevitable facts. That's, you know, that, that, that's it. In another situation, uh, in, in an extreme, I mean, really an extreme case of disrespect for Americans that have been killed by illegal aliens, CNN commentator and former GOP strategist, Ana Navarro, uh, behaved in a very bizarre manner and disrespectful manner, should I say, when she got into a heated discussion over Trump's uh, uh, border security policy. Navarro accused uh, both the president and Donald Trump Jr. of demonizing immigrants. And again, they love to use just the term immigrants, never make, making a differentiation, nef- never uh, trying to uh, look at the uh, that, uh, or admit that there's a difference between illegal and le- legal immigrants. But uh, according to her, they, they have been demonizing immigrants. And she said that, get, get this, on TV, she said it while she was filing her nails during the, the debate. She was filing her nails. Then, then not only that, she lost it and she started screaming at the guest, at the, at the, at the person who was, who was debating her, started screaming, I don't care what you have to say. I mean, you know, how immature and how, how much of a, of, a, of a meltdown do you have when, when you're doing that? I mean, for crying out loud. Navarro, who's a star, she is she is one of the stars of CNN. Again, that wonderful uh, net news network of CNN. She rolled her eyes and she continued to file her nails, as I said, while uh, while she was debating Steve Cortez, uh, who is from from Dallas, uh, and, and described Americans uh, as, t- as Steve dis- was was describing uh, innocent Americans that had been mur- murdered by illegal aliens. You know her behavior, my friends. It was, again, an extreme insult to those folks who have lost loved ones. But it shows, once again, the disrespect that some of these characters have and how phony and how, uh, uh, how their arguments begin to fall apart whenever they are confronted with facts and, and, uh, and, and the truth, whenever they're confronted with somebody who is trying to make a legitimate point they begin to fall apart and they fall back on this on this cartoonish behavior. And in this case, this is extreme insulting behavior. Talk about weird behavior. Let me share this one more time. And again, this has this has to do about with with uh, with the wall and illegal immigration. But it's very, very strange. You've heard of Beto O'Rourke, right? You know, the gentleman that uh, the young man that ran for uh, for Senate against Ted Cruz recently. Well, uh, Beto has become somewhat of a, of a, of a star of a rising star for the, uh, for the Democrats. And, you know, a lot of the Democrats are, are touting him as a vice presidential candidate, uh, as someone maybe even presidential because he's got charisma. He's got a Kennedy, Kennedy esque quality to him. Well, let's file this under how desperate does Beto want attention while president Trump was down in the Southern border here in Texas. Uh, this past Thursday, visiting uh, visiting the wall and talking uh, talking to, to border patrol agents, uh, Beto O'Rourke posted a really really bizarre and strange video on Instagram, uh, commenting about uh, Trump's visit. 
However, he was doing it. He was doing this, this, uh, this Instagram video while he was sitting in a dental exam. Okay. And I mean, it is a bizarre video. It is a bizarre video. I have it posted on Facebook on El Conservador Facebook. Uh, you can go and look at it there. I mean, it is so weird. Uh, O'Rourke is shown getting, getting a mouth, mouth wide open cleaning of, uh, with some dental tools, you know, and the dental tools are jammed into the side of his mouth while he, uh, claims in the video that, uh, that, uh, it's part of his Instagram story series on people on the border. Well, you know, can't you wait till after the, after the dental exam O'Rourke though? I mean, you know, this is, this is, this is, this is, I guess what he was trying to emphasize. He introduced his dentist to this young woman. He introduced this, his dentist and asked her to comment about growing up in El Paso. And of course, you know, she uh, went on to support his liberal positions on the border. Uh, You know, he, his comment was, I'm so I'm so I'm here with the dentist and we're going to continue our series uh, on the people on the border. And I'm here with Diana, my dental hygienist. And so uh, she proceeds to uh, give her story about what uh, how she's grown up on the border and how, again, how safe the border is. Well, I got news for you. It's safe for the most part if you stay on this side. I would wonder if his dental hygienist has ever gone to the other side. Uh, particularly on a Saturday night. If you've ever gone to Juarez, it's a rip-roaring town, I bet. At any rate, um, you know, uh, my question is very simple. Is O'Rourke that desperate for attention? Is he that desperate? Or maybe he's that politically and socially insecure that he's got to make sure that people are watching him. You know, what's next? An interview and commentary while he's in the restroom? I mean, this, this, is, this is insane. How about an Instagram video when, that, shows, that shows us, you know, his DNA and how much of a Hispanic he really is? Or how about, uh, you know, one uh, telling us what happened to all the campaign millions and millions and millions of dollars that he got? What's he doing with that? You know, what, what has he done with that? It, 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 was, it was truly, truly a bizarre, a bizarre uh, uh, interview uh, and video. I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly what his intention was other than to get attention and to comment on Trump's visit. But, uh, you know, Bethel, there are other ways a little bit more classy to do it than to sit in your, uh, in, in your uh, dentist chair and then ask her to comment. You could have done it afterwards. You could have done it uh, before. You could have done it many other ways. But to do it in that way just, you know, just kind of was a little over the top. All right. Uh, we're going to go to our uh, interview with uh, Dan Govach next. And, uh, you know, folks, again, uh, this this situation that we've got where we've got the Democrats, the Democrat leadership claiming that we don't have an emergency at the at the border. That's number one. When we're seeing when we're seeing thousands of people, thousands of people come across. Okay. When we're seeing people on a weekly basis now, and, and I mean, I, I, I read, I look up uh, news items of people who are victimized by illegal aliens, either murdered, raped, robbed, whatever. And there are, you know, what's very interesting on that aspect of it, my friends, is that in, in, in many cases, in fact, I'd say in most cases, we have small media outlets, local media outlets that are covering that. But the major, major networks have ceased to say anything about uh, illegal uh, alien criminal behavior or, or violence or, or uh, uh, any thing of the sort. They've quit talking about it. And I find that to be very, very interesting. So without further ado, let's go to our, uh, to our uh, interview with Dan Govach from uh, from the uh, from from the Houston area. Howdy, 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 my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from KLUP nine thirty AM on El Conservador. Uh, our next guest is Mister Dan Govach from Harris County. Uh, sadly, and um, I'll ask Dan to relate the story. Uh, Dan is one of those individuals that has lost a family member. In his case, his son to an illegal alien criminal. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, it, uh, it is amazing to me when, uh, I hear Democrats, uh, like Nancy Pelosi, like, uh, Charlie Schumer, like uh, Julian and Joaquin Castro, say that, um, you know, the border issue, the illegal alien crime, uh, is a fabricated uh, situation, is a fabricated story, should I say. So uh, let me introduce and uh, let's talk to uh, my good friend Dan Golvac in in Harris County, and uh, he can tell us um, his story. What is the story? What uh, what happened with your son? Give us a, give us a, a brief story about what happened. Hi, George. Yeah, uh, back on January thirty first, two thousand and fifteen, my then twenty five year old son Spencer Goldbach was sitting at a red light in Northwest Houston, and uh, a four time deported illegal alien pulled up and randomly blew my son's brains out. It was just a random act. Uh, this illegal alien, like I said, had been deported four times. He had a 15-year nasty rap sheet and had done five years in prison for attempted murder. Uh, but he was allowed to, to set up shop here in the sanctuary city of Houston. And... Uh, after he was done separating my family forever, you hear a lot about family separation. They don't know what family separation is. They don't have a clue. I do. Uh, after he was separating, done separating my family, he went and picked out two more motorists to execute. And uh, it's been almost four years, and it still bites. It's still very painful. I could imagine. Dan, tell us, uh, you know, the, uh, the president addressed the nation the other night and uh, very, very strongly in very, very strong terms talked about the emergency at the border. Um, we have seen uh, a policeman recently shot in California. We have seen other uh, atrocities committed, uh, rapes and such. Uh, what is your feeling whenever you hear Democrats um, like Sheila Jackson Lee right there in your backyard, uh, like uh, the Castro twins here from San Antonio? How do you feel when they claim uh, that this is a, a, a made-up emergency, that there really, really isn't a problem with uh, illegal immigration crime or Ill- illegal immigration in general? How do you what, how do you respond? How do you feel about that? Well, it's salt in the wounds, and uh, you know I'd like to ask them: Was my son's casket fabricated? Uh, I could I could meet meet him for lunch, and we'll go down to the cemetery, and they can look at the grave themselves and tell me if it's. I wish it was fabricated. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I I know I know there are thousands of other families in the United States that wish that it was just a big fabricated crisis as well but it's not fabricated and they are just treasonous liars you know these uh you also have you know like you mentioned sanctuary communities now uh here in san antonio and in austin for example you have situations where the city council has passed uh budgets that set aside money to defend illegal aliens uh what's your thinking about these politicians that do this kind of stuff what are they giving sanctuary to Lawlessness, right? Yep. We're giving sanctuary from the law, from our law. Okay. Well, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If if we can start cherry-picking laws that we don't like, I guess, can you and I do that? Exactly. Like paying our taxes to the IRS. Not paying my taxes? Exactly. (laughs) After all, I can make a better life for myself if I I shop with and I save on that money that I would spend on groceries, you know? I mean, and if I don't pay my taxes, I could... That's that's the the premise for everything now, isn't it? Well, they're just trying to make a better life for themselves. It's very, very angering. I get... I, I just blow a fuse when I hear these politicians when they try to defend... First of all, just saying the word sanctuary city, it's a sanctuary from the law. That's the laws that are designed to protect American citizens. That's what the sanctuary is from. That's what they're protecting. 
They're protecting people who thumb their noses at our immigration laws that were designed to protect my son, that are designed to protect your family, and keep America in a sovereign state, a sovereign nation. What uh, you know, in 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 listening to the president and listening to the debate, you know, we've heard about so many uh, uh, solutions or proposals, should I say, particularly the one about the wall. Um, having an experience like you've had in your family, having been affected directly by illegal alien crime, what um, what solutions? What would you propose to President Trump? But more importantly, to the Democrats, what uh, you know, what is the solution to this problem of illegal immigration? What, we will be right back uh, with Dan's uh, comments and uh, the remainder of the interview. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, on KLUP 930 AM. Welcome back, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM. uh, We'll go back to our interview with um, Mr. Dan Govach, talking to us uh, about the tragedy of uh, losing his son to an illegal alien. Uh, You know, in in listening to the president and listening to the debate, you know, we've heard about so many uh, uh, solutions or proposals, should I say, particularly the one about the wall. Um, having an experience like you've had in your family, having been affected directly by illegal alien crime, what, um, what solutions, what would you propose to President Trump, but more importantly to the Democrats? What, uh, you know, what is the solution to this problem of illegal immigration? What do you think? Well, I think it's multifaceted. Uh, I will start with border security, and this is what I thought day one that President Trump was elected. Um, I've never wavered from this. I've always thought he's wasting his time with the Congress. I have zero confidence, and I've never had any confidence in the treasonous United States Congress that they're ever going to do anything to protect. You know, they'll spend billions of dollars of, you know, to, to help other countries build walls, but then turn right around and tell us that our wall won't work. Uh, but they'll spend billions of dollars, you know, making sure other countries are secure. And and part of that is a wall, like you see in the Middle East. Uh, no, I think the solution is a wall and a, 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 you know, and a wall is sort of an all-encompassing thing. I think in some sectors it means a wall. In some sectors it might mean something else. But it is a barrier between Mexico and the United States. And I think the only way he gets that done, the only way he was ever going to get that done, is by declaring a state of national emergency using the Army Corps of Engineers and uh, and using the military budget to build the thing. I was a little disappointed last night that he didn't come right out and announce that that was gonna, what he was going to do last night. We'll see what he does today, but that's the only way he gets this done. Nobody in Congress on, in either house is, is uh, interested or invested in protecting American citizens. That's clear. And as far as the other side of it, I think that we need to go after employers. It's time to, you know, for people that hire illegally and, you know, break our hiring, but the laws that guide hiring uh, and put Amer- other Americans in danger, I think we need to go after them, E-Verify. And I think that Sanctuary City... Policies. I think any city uh, manager or mayor or official that gets caught giving sanctuary to lawlessness should be there. Should it should be punitive, just like we you know SB four here in Texas. That's that's true. And I think we should cut off we should cut off any kind of social services or welfare to illegal aliens. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Well, we have just a few more uh, seconds here, uh, Dan. Uh, the the situation with with uh, 
uh, families that have lost lo- loved ones. Uh, what? Uh, how do you think that they they uh, should approach Congress? Do you think they should continue lobbying Congress and telling their story? Uh, because sometimes the media just doesn't seem to be listening to them. Yes, I think we should, but my uh, word, I would just say I wouldn't, knowing what I know about this Congress and even the, the people that are supposedly on our side, I wouldn't hold your breath. I have zero confidence in the, in the legislative branch of our government. Uh, Trump is doing what he can do to try to change the, the judicial branch, and that might help. But uh, uh, I, I just have, George, I have zero faith. Yeah. Look, we, we had we had the Congress and, and the Senate and the House for two years. What got done? Was it even mentioned? Exactly. It, that's that's really tragic. Dan, thank you very, very much for spending some time with us. I really appreciate it. Um, folks, once again, this is uh, the, we've been talking with uh, uh, my good friend Dan Govach from uh, Houston, uh, who lost a son to an illegal alien. Uh, his son Spencer was murdered in 2015, and uh, we want to be sure that folks understand that this is not a fabricated. This is not how many murders uh, do we toler- are tolerable? How many illegal aliens are tolerable in our in in our country? How much crime is tolerable? Because we keep hearing quite often, folks, that, uh, you know, well, it's not that big of a problem. Well, okay, then uh, I guess what you're saying is that a certain amount of it is tolerable. Mm. So once again, thanks for being with us, Dan. And uh, we will be in touch uh, as this um, as this policy uh, continues, the policy debate continues, and, and get your uh, take on it. Thank you very much for being with us. Well, God bless. That, that was uh, our good friend Dan Goldbatch from uh, from the from Houston uh, in an interview. Uh, you know, again, my heart goes out to him because uh, his life was so affected and changed uh, because of the tragedy. We um, we we want to go to our next uh, 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 interview because I don't want to run out of time. Let's go to our next interview with uh, Mr. Chip, with our Congressman Chip Roy, uh, who uh, just got elected recently. All right, folks, welcome back. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM. And uh, we have uh, a very special guest on the on the phone with us today, uh, and that's uh, Congressman Chip Roy, uh, who is my, uh, my congressman, I'm proud to say. And we wanted to reach out to him and ask him, uh, since he's right there in D.C., uh, about the issue of uh, how border security is playing, uh, the issue of border security and the funding is playing, uh, right there uh, where he is, and uh, in, particularly in a, in a Democrat-dominated Congress, uh, does he see uh, anything happening? Where do we? Where are we going with the uh, with the shutdown? So, welcome to the show, Congressman. Uh, tell us what do you think is is, is happening? I mean, do, do you see any kind of light at the end of this tunnel? Well, George, thanks for having me on. It's great to uh, visit with you, and, uh, and and happy to be on the show with the listeners there. And um, you know, we've uh, gotten off to an interesting start in the last week. Uh, I've uh, jumped right into the minority in Congress while we're in the middle of a shutdown. So you can imagine how that kind of goes. But, but we're, um, you know, look, I think the president is absolutely correct to be shining a light and focusing like a laser on the uh, humanitarian crisis and the lack of security that we have at our border that you and I have known for a long time and that Texans know uh, personally and seen firsthand, uh, and that, you know, the nation, I think, is kind of waking up to the true tragedy that is occurring at the border and, and farther into our communities because we're allowing cartels to have operational control of the border. We're allowing uh, uh, gangs and MS-13 to extend up into our states and into our communities. And importantly, we've, we've, we've known the horrors of having American citizens who have been killed as a result of illegal immigrants who are uh, in our uh, in our communities, in our areas, such as Jared Vargas in San Antonio, just last year, as you know, was killed after he'd been captured, released, captured, released, and uh, now his mother, his wonderful mother, Lori, and his aunt, Kristen, have no, uh, you know, uh, family member, uh, and Jared's no longer with him. And uh, at the same time, we know that it's horrible for immigrants. The immigrants that are traveling here trying to seek a better way of life, we all know that why they're doing that. And... Um, that yet they're often sold into sex trade. Little girls getting sold into sex trafficking. 
cartels abusing people along the way. 30% or so of the women that are traveling along the treks in these caravans that are abused in the process. Um, and these are, these are uh, uh, really horrifying uh, realities for the people that are that it is happening, yet Democrats and even some Republicans pat themselves on the back in the false name of compassion that open borders is somehow good for immigrants, and it's not. So you ask, where do I see it going? It was important to lay that predicate because uh, I think we're winning. I think Democrats are starting to feel uh, why this is the wrong approach. Uh, you saw Congresswoman Spanberger in Richmond, Virginia, for example, who has been raising issues in the specter of how it's not going very well back home in her district because people in her district are saying, we need to secure the border. You know, I hear from Border Patrol agents, many of whom are a little concerned about pay because we're in a shutdown fight. They look at me and they say, look, just keep up the fight. We'll figure this out. we got to win this fight now. Let's secure our border now. So if we keep doing that, George, we're going to win. And we're going to win for the people. We're going to win for the immigrants uh, who want to come here uh, instead of this uh, political posturing by Pelosi and Schumer, who supported walls in the past, fences in the past, security in the past, and are not doing so now just for political theater. I, I that that's that's great. I mean, I I certainly hope that we, we were able to ha- that the, the Republicans in Congress were able to hang in there. I. Uh, you know, one of the things that that uh, I, I, it seems to be happening now is that they're turning up the heat uh, through the uh, federal employees uh, union uh, about folks getting back to work. Uh, do you, how long do you see this this uh, sh- this stop or, or, or this temporary shutdown uh, continuing? And do you think that it's uh, I mean, uh, we hear a lot of folks how it's you know, how they're beginning to panic about it. What do you th- what do you see? Or what do you hear about about that? Um, uh in Washington and from your constituents? Well, obviously there's a concern about the many uh, government employees who are, uh, whether they're working or not working, but who are furloughed and are not receiving a paycheck. Uh, the issue really isn't that they're ultimately going to get paid. They are. Uh, the issue really is the cash flow, right? They're, they're getting through paycheck to paycheck and trying to manage cash flow if they're not getting paid. It's an absolute travesty. The Democrats are prohibiting uh, employees from being able to get paid and doing their job. Uh, particularly those who are still on on call, like Border Patrol and others that are being asked to do it for essential services, uh, because Democrats just refuse to do their basic uh, duty and defend our, our nation. They're uh, uh, gagging over $5.6 billion, which is, a, which is a number which is really truly just a down payment on what we need to do. Uh, but it would be a serious number that would provide immigration judges 234 miles of additional fencing, shore up some of the existing fencing, it would provide humanitarian relief for families and people that are at the border. And uh, Democrats don't want to do it because of political posturing. Uh, I think it's unfortunate for the federal employees. We need to keep fighting hard, and we ought to be doing our job to uh, to uh, get this done and, and uh, get the uh, government funded with border security. Not even sure why we're breaking this weekend, but the Democrats are breaking. Uh, and uh, But I hope next week we'll get, get busy doing our job. You know, it, it's uh, very, very interesting. I heard a um, uh, an ad that was run here in San Antonio today with the uh, American Federation of uh, Government Employees uh, talking about how uh, people could possibly die uh, if the shutdown continues. Uh, you know, they forget that people have died at the hands of, of, uh, of illegal immigrants. And uh, I, I'm just kind of surprised. That I, I'm just always amazed at their irony that they never see this. Well, you know, I, I, I couldn't agree more, right? I mean, we have the reality is that today, somewhere along the Texas border of Mexico, a little girl is going to get snapped up by the cartels and is going to get sold into the sex trafficking trade. The reality is that today, like Jared Vargas, who lost his life last summer to an illegal alien, someone is going to be uh, killed, lose their life, lose their life to a drunk driver, like the young fellow in Tennessee and my friend Tim Burkett's district uh, uh, lost his life. Uh, just last week due to a drunk driver. Um, we know the, the stories that we've heard before about Steinle and some of the others. Uh, it's the reality of what we're dealing with. But importantly, it is an avoidable reality. Uh, I get tired of hearing these folks talk about how, well, you know, there are more crimes committed allegedly by, uh, you know, either American citizens or uh, so forth than there are of, of those who come here legally. Well, first of all, I mean, we can, you know, we can debate the data and look at the data more carefully to see if that's true. But regardless, why does that matter? Exactly. Someone comes here illegally and they commit a crime. They're committing their second crime, by the way. Exactly. Here illegally. <laughs> Secondly, 
then they're committing a crime and they shouldn't be here. And importantly, there are 186,000 illegal aliens who were charged with more than 462,000 criminal offenses in Texas in 2011. And think about that. That is an enormous number. 52,000 assault charges, 15,000 burglary charges, 60,000 drug charges, 1,000 homicide charges. This is the reality of what we're dealing with. We can solve that problem. There's no reason to hide behind these numbers when numbers aren't going to bring back Jared Vargas. Numbers aren't going to help the little girl getting sold into sex trafficking today. It's a, you know, and, and we're talking we're talking the crime numbers. We're not talking the cost to the taxpayers uh, in 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 services that, in my opinion, you know. Uh, might be better served to go to American citizens rather than than to folks that have broken the law to get entered the, our country. So that's the you know that's another issue there, uh, uh, Congressman. Uh, we don't have uh, just we just got about another minute. What else would you like to add and tell the folks about um, not only this battle but any other battle that you're facing up there in uh, in in Washington? Well, look, you know, right now, obviously, this is fairly all-consuming. I would tell you that the second big battle is making sure that we find a way to rein in spending and, and try to do everything we can to hold the line. i got to tell you, this system is – I knew how dysfunctional it was because, you know, I've worked up here a little bit. But it, seeing it firsthand, you know, you run down to the floor. They give you these vote regs. You see a bill, 30 seconds, 2 minutes, 5 minutes before you're voting on it. And, uh, you know, everybody just tries to vote in lockstep. And, you know, I'm not willing to do that. I was sent here to try to figure out how to fix the problem, and uh, that's what I'm doing. You know, just today they tried to force a vote on us on on the pay for federal workers, and they tried to make it a permanent, uh, ongoing, like, it's just gonna, no matter what, it's going to be on autopilot. <laughs> it, 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 it passed, but I went ahead and voted no, uh, and now I'm sure somebody's going to say that I don't want to pay federal workers. It's not true. <laughs> uh, but I, I've got to look at it and pay attention to how we're balancing the budget and how we're going to do things affordably, make sure we do things the right way. So that's what I'm doing. It's longer than a minute, so I need to let you go, but... Look, George, thanks for having me on. And, you know, I'm going to keep fighting the fight. We're going to get our border secure. We're going to stand with the president on that front, make sure we represent the people of Texas 21 to get what they want in border security and, and uh, community security for their families. Thank you very much, Congressman Roy. I am so proud that you're my congressman. <laughs> Till next time, we'll get you on. We'll get you on. That was our interview with Congressman Chip Roy from the tw- Texas 21st District right here in San Antonio. And this is El Conservador on 930 AM KLUP. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. We're uh, getting close to the end of our show, so I want to be sure that we wrap it up uh, by reminding everyone that, um, uh, again, on Monday, I will be speaking to the Verde area uh, Republican women, uh, their club up in, uh, up in uh, well, it's called, it's, it's New Braunfels, but actually it's also in Smithson Valley, uh, in Comal County. So if you've got a chance to come out and join us, I would really, really encourage you to do so. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, the, uh, the meeting will start at uh, 630, and uh, we certainly would, would uh, love to have you uh, come out. Let me see if I can get you the exact uh, address. It's the JVTC uh, Auditorium uh, in uh, Bull Verde, in, in uh, uh, New Braunfels, the Bull Verde area of New Braunfels. So um, uh, I hope that you can that you can join us. Uh, let me let me conclude uh, our, today's show with with some comments, uh, some observations regarding the uh, uh, the announcement by uh, Julian Castro uh, regarding his presidency for to uh, to run in 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 twenty eighteen. Um, you know, th- Julian Castro has bec- because he was mayor has become uh, they many call him. Uh, San Antonio's favorite son. I'm not sure, you know, how Henry Cisneros feels about that, but that's uh, that was one of the ways that they were they were describing him this time uh, today. Uh, it was very very interesting. Let me let me make one observation first of all that the event uh, began without a prayer. There was no prayer. Um, I can't remember if they. I, I was so stunned. I I know that they had they sang the national. Somebody sang the national anthem. It was one person. Uh, the rest of the folks did not join in. The audience did not join in. I found that to be kind of curious, but I really found it to be curious that there was no uh, no opening prayer. Um, there was a gentleman that spoke ahead of time or, or in, in the introduction part uh, who apparently was the son of a preacher. And the thing that he kept emphasizing was um, 
that God loves everyone, which, you know, I'm not going to debate one way or the other, that uh, God loves everybody and uh, that, um, uh, that, that we should have a separation of church and state. He emphasized that so many times. And I kept wondering, well, you know, uh, uh, what is he getting at on that? I, I, you know, maybe that's why they didn't have a, a prayer because they wanted to separate church and state. I have no idea. But it was very, very interesting. The other thing that I, that I found very, very interesting in this situation, uh, in this uh, event, was that um, the level of, and, and I will use the, 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 the phrase, uh, because I've been around it for so long since I've grown up here in San Antonio, the level of Chicanismo, they call it, Chicanismo, uh, the level of Chicano nationalism that was present. The, uh, the event was bilingual. The event also had featured folks who uh, almost had a chip on their shoulder about being American and proudly uh, displayed their Mexicanism. Uh, you know, I, I found that to be very, very interesting because... Uh, the, the identity politics in the Democratic Party, and in my opinion, is what's dividing, what is truly dividing uh, America. Next week, next week's show, we're going to talk about race relations. It, uh, and that is because uh, in, uh, uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be celebrating Martin Luther King Day. And uh, one of the interesting things, I, I interned, I was a, a silly little intern in uh, Washington, D.C. Now, don't gasp, because many of you were not even born at this time. I was there in 1975 as a little intern uh, in Washington, D.C. And I remember attending an event uh, where Miss Rosa Parks spoke. And uh, the thing that they kept emphasizing in that event was the battle to sit at the front of the bus that, you know, that was the ongoing battle for blacks and minorities to sit at the front of the bus. You know, here we are uh, almost 60 years later after the civil rights movement uh, began. And uh, apparently there are some people still fighting to sit at the front of the bus. In my opinion, instead of fighting to sit at the front of the bus, they should be fighting to buy the bus company which is a different set of values, a different set of rules, a different set uh, of tools that you would use. It's not the same. Sitting at the front of the bus is a public uh, legislative issue. Uh, buying the bus company has to do with economics. Uh, I, worked, I worked for the great Jack Kemp, congressman from New York who became HUD secretary, uh, he was, uh, and he was, I mean, he, he was such a great individual, so visionary. And what he used to talk about was that so many minorities were wasting their time fighting a battle of civil rights uh, for public issues when they should be fighting a battle for uh, economic issues. And by that, it, it, they should be trying to develop the tools to buy the bus company, not to just sit at the front of the bus. You know, that requires people going to, going to school. That requires people being competitive uh, in, in the business world. That requires people having private entrepreneurship. And unfortunately, that is lost. I did not hear the word entrepreneur at all in today's uh, announcement, in today's events, by any of the speakers uh, there at Julian Castro's event. I didn't hear the word private the phrase private business at all i did hear a lot of social justice i did hear a lot about climate change i did hear a lot about uh of course immigration a uh, uh immigrant rights and again my friends it fascinates me that somebody with a harvard degree like like uh julian castro and his brother joaquin uh how somebody with a harvard law uh degree doesn't understand the difference between legal and illegal immigration. I keep wondering if they know the difference by about, you know, uh, if they understand the word illegal to begin with. There was, there was also another moment, and, and, and I was really, really taken back by this, another moment where Julian Castro talked about state violence. And when he talked about state violence, 
he talked about how minorities were being victimized by the police. And he talked about blacks specifically. And he talked about how Latinos, and that's what he said, Latinos were being victimized by the Border Patrol. I got news for you, you know, particularly in the, in, in the issue of the Border Patrol. I am not sure. I mean, I have grown up and lived in, uh, in South Texas, and I have never been victimized by the Border Patrol. Never. You know, I, 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 I'm not sure exactly what he's talking about other than the Border Patrol, in a very mean fashion, as here we'd interpret it, tries to keep illegal aliens out of, out of the country. The other thing is, you know, the number of police officers that have been killed already in, in January, in January, not only by the, the, the one that was killed in California by the illegal alien, but the folks who are putting themselves on the line. I mean, the number of, of, uh, of, of uh, police officers that are already killed. I was in shock by that. My friends, we're going to talk about race relations in our next show, and I hope that you will join us. I hope that you will. We're going to we're going to try to open up the, the, the phone lines uh, next week so that uh, we can chat about that, because one of the problems that I see continually is that folks want to have a one way uh, street discussion about race. And that's only from the victim point of view. We need to talk about it honestly. My friend, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas on KLUP 930. Thank you for being with us, and I hope that you'll come back and join us again next week. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.